Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Series 2 of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach, trainer, consultant, and speaker. I work with corporate sales teams and leaders, along with startup business owners passionate about what they do, but wanting to up their sales game. My main mission is helping us all become more mindful of how we elevate our performance, perspective, and potential. If you want to know more, then look me up on LinkedIn. Chris Hatfield, always happy to chat. So if you're new to Not Another Sales Podcast, here's what to expect. It's aimed at giving you insights into how you can be successful within the world of sales, whether that's your career or your own business. We go deeper into the thought process and mindset needed for success when selling and when running a business, not just the skills and output. So if you're looking for a podcast with a difference that starts with the mind in mind, this is for you. So enough about me, let's get started. Hey people, welcome back to this episode featuring Shay Robottom and Jack Gaysford. If you're just tuning into this, you might have missed the first part, which is released yesterday, so be sure to check that out. But let's crack on with the rest of the conversation, which has got even more value and insight into it. So here we go. Sit back and enjoy. I think what both what I, what I love from hearing from what you've both been saying there and, and seeing is that you've kind of you've developed so much by utilizing particularly you jack obviously utilizing video to kind of build your own confidence your own inner worth and self-belief as well and i think a lot of people kind of forget that and the moment with the kind of process of going through creating content is what am i getting from it but it's actually well, what value are you actually building for yourself like own personal development and to your point yeah. shay around um acceptance and attention is that you now i had this you'll probably love this guy his name's john sane uh, he's got a great book called What's Your Moonshot? And he talks about high-value human beings and low-value human beings. And he said, deep-rooted psychology is that we're all looking for three things, attention, acceptance, and approval. Low-value human beings will beg for it. They'll compete for it. Fights down the pub, attention online in the wrong way. High-value human beings will give it. But before you give it, you need to have been able to give it to yourself. And from what you're saying there, Jack and Shay, as well, is that you've given yourself that attention, acceptance, and approval to kind of just be authentically yourself and be completely comfortable with it. And you're passionate about what you do. So you combine those two together and it's kind of like, it just kind of, it makes sense. It's probably hard sometimes. I don't know, maybe from your point of view to, to kind of maybe think, is that teachable to someone? Like obviously some of that is, but then That's it's kind of like, question. how much yeah, of that I, can you kind of sit down with someone and go, this is how you should be. I, That's a great question. I mean, I will I will tell you guys like straight up in all honesty, mm-hmm. I love that you brought that up on this call today about like, what was the quote about an influencer? It's not about what you get from it. It's about what you give from it. Yeah, dude, when I got on LinkedIn originally, like I was trying to get something from it. Like I was in a very wounded place. I was addicted to attention. I found this platform that was really easy to get views and and, and money. Like mo- honestly though, the revenue was just a bonus for me. I I would have been happy with just the views. And like I was just trying to get something because I was insecure, I was depressed. I was almost like crying for help. Like I was literally posting about my depression, just being so raw, like at my wits end. But I didn't realize that I actually was giving. 
like just me showing up and being that vulnerable and 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 raw. Yes, I was trying to get from, something from it, but then as the months went on and I started to get more and more email from people saying like, "Thank you for opening up about your depression. You've inspired me to do the same." Even so, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like I am giving. Like I'm I'm helping people." But it was like it was totally accidental. Like I'll admit, I had selfish intentions in the beginning. I was uh, I I had not done this work on myself that I've um, the, to arrive where the point. I am now. And then it like naturally shifted for me where then I became like addicted to the help I was giving people where it was like, wow, every time I get a message of someone saying that my video content helped them get through a hardship or really just like the best message I can receive is someone who says, because of your content, I've become more my true self, either in my content or in my day-to-day life or like I quit my job to do what I really wanted. I started asking for what I really wanted. I just realized that I became a platform for teaching others that it's okay to be our true selves. And most of the world still does not feel safe being that way. Um, so I would say it was like a really, I always joke, like I had my spiritual awakening on LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn literally showed me um, how to be a giver and not a taker. But I also think it came from me being brave and just opening up and being super raw and honest. So I would encourage anyone who's starting just to like start there, you know, see how raw and honest you can be. Um, and Jack, I know you know this, but like, it's a huge, huge element of, of why I grew. People were just attracted to me because I was um, saying everything that people think, but are feel not safe to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. You, you, you've got to have a voice as a company. Um, but it's, and this is the beautiful thing about having having a personal brand. Um, it's you have a you have a different voice to the company. You know, it's it's why um, it's why Tesla and, and Elon Musk work so well. You know, Elon is this playful dude. Uh, he can get away with saying just utter shite. Uh, it's it's why um, Apple had Steve Jobs. It's why Virgin has Richard Branson. Um, why why Amazon uh, have has Jeff Bezos? I think is that the guy who runs it. Yeah, that right. Yeah, okay. Um, you know that they have a different voice, and they are allowed to say that. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't affect the business as much. So, um, yeah, that's that's my. Addition. Do you Do you guys think we're like moving into the age more and more where companies are just going to be people like linked to people? Because I love the examples you just gave, Jack. Those are all like brands that have that in common. They have like a face, a person. Mm. Do you think we're just only going to see more and more of that? I think people buy from people. I think, especially now, I think that this whole situation has opened up the conversation around connection, around relationships. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I feel like people have always bought from people, but it actually accepting that ha- has only really come into fruition over the last couple of years. Um, but you see that the, the, the companies where they are also branding the people within that company are actually doing the best. Um, there's a couple of companies doing well at the moment. Um, I can't remember the names, which is a terrible thing to just pop up, but, um, it, it's, you know, you, you've got to be personal. Uh, I, I just think that in the future, um, I, I reckon every business will have a, a weekly vlog. It will be a, you know, Q and a series. There'll be, um, you know, the hashtag day in the life of, um, I you know, yes. I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that every company is going to have an in-house videographer that just creates content for them. Yes. Um, 
every business is just going to be competing for attention. It's just who can be the most authentic. And it's not going to be, even be a battle of who's making the best content. It's going to be a battle of who do I like and resonate with the most. I like Dan. I like Chris. I like Shay. So I'm going to watch their content. Yeah. Um, that's how I, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I, I agree. I have, I've totally been saying that, preaching that forever. Like you mm. got to get on social, you got to build a brand, which Corona has actually helped people realize like, yeah. okay, I got to, but um, I think it's just like, we're just becoming more real. Like humans are started. Like, I feel like this uh, coronavirus is like the breaking point between like this fake world that we've been like building and building and building for like centuries of like, okay, we got to be fake status quo. It's been like building and building up, but it's left us at a place where we're so unfulfilled, especially here in the States. You know, you guys can speak for your own regions, but I live in the U S it is not pretty, man. These people are sick, fat, depressed, unfulfilled. I mean, uh, it, it really comes down to people living in a world where they feel like they can't be themselves. Mm. And I really think this virus is forcing people to wake up and realize like, what do I really want? What am I doing with my life? Is my job really for me? You know, um, it's, it's kind of like ironic that people are so scared of the virus and so scared of dying. It kind of like exposes how much we're not living. If we're mm. that scared of a virus that kills like point zero 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 one percent of people it's like you guys like you might as well never get in your car and drive if you're that scared we need to embrace our true selves and teach people that it's safe and they're not going to be you know shamed for having an opinion or shamed for changing their mind about something that's what we're seeing is so much um so many people just have this mindset of like, if you don't think exactly like me and you don't have my perspective, I'm going to get defensive and then I'm going to shame you. And then, and then we live in a world where we're just like shaming one another. It's what I said before, like pure acceptance. Like if you can accept someone, even someone who's really different than you, that ripples out into the world. And I think the more and more we just accept and allow these differences, the more we'll see a utopian world where people start to return to nature, return to the land. You know, we've been so disconnected from like the, the food supply and, and from nature. It's, um, it's really weakened our... Uh, um, ability to live and thrive as humans. So I think when this, as this virus unfolds and things start to open up again, I think we're going to see a lot more people returning to the land, a lot more people becoming self-sufficient, self-dependent on themselves. You know, Joe Dispenza, we could heal our own bodies with our mind. Like people still don't want to believe that. It's like, no, it's true. I, I know a woman who cured her stage four ovarian cancer with her mind, with a practice that's called theta healing, you know, no chemo, no nothing. So like these things are possible, but the current system can't make money off of them. And I think that people are, are waking up and realizing like, oh, the more that we return to nature, the more that we empower ourselves, um, the more that these companies and what Jack was saying, it's not going to become this world where like the business and professionals separate from the personal, it's just all going to be the same. And these brands, these companies, their mission, it's just going to be who they are. You know, I'm Shay Robottom and I support, you know, people getting real with themselves and healing. That's just who I am. And like, oh yeah, I do marketing. I do this, but it's not compartmentalizing at any, anything anymore. And, um, we already start to see this with the wave of like millennials in the workplace, just wanting to work somewhere they're aligned and caring less about a paycheck. So I think it's beautiful. I think on the other side of this, we're going to see a much, much healthier world.
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. And again, in the UK this week, it's I think it's Mental Health Week, I think. Yeah. And I, oh, is it? Yeah, and I love this. I don't know if you guys have it in the US, um, but it's... it's Every week is Mental Health Week over nice. here. Nice. <laughs> and, it, and it should be. It absolutely should be. Uh, you know, we shouldn't have a day dedicated to, to thinking mm-hmm. about it. It should just mm-hmm. be a, a thing. We're going very off topic here, Chris. But, um, you know, I think with with this being a much more acceptable thing i mean even just think about like the last hundred years what we have what we have um what we have changed and, and how we have adapted is incredible just uh, just as a society um it, things like gay rights uh, things like um you know discrimination it, right it's weed plant medicines starting to become legal yeah, again the CBD rise of the the, yeah the rise of natural medicines plants you know think things that i think you maybe can't patent is that this is that the i haven't got a clue yeah. i haven't got a clue but it's yeah. it's interesting because we're becoming a lot more comfortable talking about it i think and i, I can only imagine you know the next sort of decade or so that will be a lot a lot easier to have those conversations and, and to share yourself without really feeling like you know you're going to be ridiculed or you're going to be yeah, yeah, shame. Well, that's what it. That's what it is. It's shame. People always say, like, uh, especially in the U.S. with like the two uh, with a political parties as an example. Like, when people have a different opinion, we've just like developed this culture of shame, where you just shame someone. So, like, let's say I'm liberal, but I'm like presented with new information that causes mm. me to like become a little more conservative. Even if I can get my brain to the point of like reconsidering my beliefs and my position when presented with new information. A lot of times what people will do, even if they get to that point, they're like, well, I can't admit that I was wrong about being liberal and not because I'll just get shamed for it. It's like, no, no, no. So we need to stop shaming people, you know, because when human beings can't admit that they were wrong, that's when like we just see this mass immaturity, like it's children, you know, but we, we condone it. We, we cause that to be the case by constantly shaming people. I put a, a post out on my Facebook recently that was like, um, it was just asking, has this virus changed anyone's views about Donald Trump? I was just curious, like anyone's views on Trump changed since the virus for better or for worse. And like, the shame in the comments of people who don't agree with one another. I'm just like, what is the point? What is the point? And it was total mixed reviews. Some people love him. Some people hate him, you know, Trump. And it's like, it's, it's not even that, that I'm looking at. I'm looking at the human behavior of how we treat one another with different opposing views. Like how do we still really think that shaming someone is going to get them to see your side and change their opinion. It's the opposite. It's going to make it less likely that they do ever change their opinion, even if they get to the point in their mind where they're like, oh yeah, new information. I can change my beliefs. People don't feel safe changing. Um, And I think that we need to really allow people to change their mind without shaming them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love some uh, everything you've you talked about there from you know, the people people by sorry, go on, Jack. No, no, sorry, I was just saying we went so off topic that was yeah, like, no, no, no. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if I had question cards right now, I'd just rip them up and throw them away. <laughs> it's all um, it's all on topic. Uh, yeah, are like yeah, video video marketing. I'm like, all right, let's talk about how your parents messed you up. <laughs> let's, let's start there and we'll get to the video marketing. It's all it, related. It, it, it's so on point, like what you said there and i think you know one of the things that you mentioned shay around people putting themselves out there is you mentioned being brave and i think people get confused with confidence and courage in terms of particularly when they're creating content in that we have this 
you know, I talk a lot around this actually with confidence, which is quite a misunderstood because confidence comes from, it's the outcome of doing something, yet people think it needs to be part of the process. You know, if you've never done something before, you're not going to be confident in it, yet people think, if I'm not confident in it, I can't do this. It's like, of course you're not. It's like walking right. into NASA on day one and looking at the guy going into the, the moon and going, oh, I can't, I'm not confident in that. It's like, of course you're not going to be because you haven't started. Yeah. Right. It's kind of just realizing as soon as you tell yourself, I'm not confident in something or I need confidence, you put yourself on the back foot because you don't have it. So you, you step into that situation, whether it's creating content, whether it's stepping on stage, whether it's putting yourself out there. Whereas if you're telling yourself, actually, I just, I don't need confidence, I need courage. Confidence will come from the process. Mm. It gives you a that. bit more leeway and appreciation to think, of course, I'm not going to be confident. It's fine. Like, who cares? Yes. But I'm going to be courageous, which is something I can be because that's more in my control than confidence, which isn't. Yeah. I love that. It's, love it's well. about, it's about feeling safe. You know, mm. like you can, I can, I've never done, I've never gone kite surfing before. I'm not confident in my ability to kite surf. I have no idea. But as long as you feel safe and protected, like, no, no matter what, like life goes on. I could be the worst kite surfer out there today, but I'm safe at the end of the day. So I think like, I love what you said about courage. Courage is like that remembering, remembering that you're safe no matter what, like you are protected by the universe. And then, yeah, confidence is something that comes over time. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, talking about safe, I think this comes back to when people are wanting to create content in their organization. And as you said, Jack, earlier, trying to go to the to the board and going, this is what we want to do is actually going, it needs to be a, a safe environment. I spoke on the pod a few weeks ago and asked uh, a couple of my guests, you know, sales is a numbers game. Is it true? And one of them said, before you focus on numbers, you need to focus on safety and direction. You need to create a safe space for people to feel creative and then a direction for them to go in. And then from there, the numbers will come. So I think it's so important, you know, if people are listening to this, whether it's, it's the on your own or if it's in a business, it's creating that safe environment, giving yourself permission to fail, realizing that you are going to learn as you go along. Like I've, I've, I've done that over the last couple of years, like, and I've loved it. And I'm sure both of you have, because you've learned what hasn't worked. And that's, te- that's taught you just as much as, as what has really. Mm-hmm. And another point you mentioned earlier, Jack, before I, forget it is the people buy from people Mm -hmm. i think it's it's really true and why it's true even more so now is because we're in a society sometimes where we won't we will have transactions and sales where it is it is faceless like you can go on amazon and buy something Mm -hmm. you're not buying from a person but you're associating the person with the brand when you're buying it Mm -hmm. and that's why i think it's so important that people like you said steve jobs elon musk you don't see that person, but when you're buying something, you might not have any interaction with any person from that business. You think of them. Mm. And that's why I think those kind of brands are still winning, even though Steve Jobs has obviously passed on. Mm. He, he created that kind of awareness with the brand. Yeah, it's, it's just attaching a, a person to a brand. That's the best thing that you can do. Uh, but that takes a long time. You know, I, I, I think um, I, I, please look this up if you're listening on the podcast i don't think this is true but i'm going to i'm going to guess um i'm confident that steve jobs worked with a couple of people and i think it took them 8 years to even get to the point of making an actual mac that's 8 years that's a fucking long time to 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 just be building a business up um and i think you know people judge people how they, how they see them now. People judge Kim Kardashian now. They judge Elon Musk now, but don't actually appreciate there is hard graft in that success. Um, and it's the same with Shay. It's the same with me. It's the same with you. The people, the reason people watch your podcast is because you've built up a brand and people love your stuff. The reason that people watch our content on LinkedIn is because we've mm. built that brand and we've been doing it for years. This is, we've worked for this. 
it hasn't just appeared overnight because we've made five videos and put them on LinkedIn and kept our fingers crossed that it's got views. Ah, uh, yes. You know? It's the, overnight, the overnight success yeah. which everyone talks no, about. I they don't see the hundreds of content. Yeah. Before. That's it. You don't. That's you it. you really don't. I get it all the time. Being like a pretty young, attractive woman, where it's like people just think like I've had such an easy life. It's like you don't know the half of it. And it's so funny you bring that up, Jack, because I was watching this series on Netflix called The Goop Lab with okay. Gwyneth Paltrow. It's like where she's diving into these more um, alternative health mes- methods, like energy work, plant medicines, and her and all of her staff, who are all business people who are successful who have their house their car like seemingly on the surface everything's laid out for them and they're privileged but as soon as you take mushrooms and psilocybin and start to uh really dig in what's going on in there so much trauma surfaces and so much insecurity and i love what they said on the show they're like look we're just like we're like the the epitome of like success full people. And I think that we're taught that once you have your finances laid out, once you're, you know, have your your whole life, it's like it's almost shameful to like complain about anything. Like what are you complaining for, Shay? Like you you've got your life uh handed to you and it, it like it keeps these insecurities and traumas like uh, suppressing and spre- suppressing them more and more down. I believe that's actually why we see why we have the term midlife crisis. It's like no, there doesn't there doesn't need to be a midlife crisis. Like that's not a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's a result of our society suppressing and suppressing and suppressing. So typically on average for the average person around age 50, that's where it starts to explode. Um, so I, I really loved that episode where she said, like, look at all of us. We're like the epitome of privilege, but we all like broke down crying and we've all been carrying these mm-hmm. weights. I mean, same with Kim Kardashian, same with these, it doesn't matter how much mm-hmm. money is in your mm-hmm. bank account or whatever. Like we all collectively have, uh, some things that we're carrying. And I think we do a really good job, especially in the United States of like, um, basically t- telling people that, they don't have a they don't have a right to complain if you know all of these boxes are checked like mm. they have their life made for them and and they should just be grateful mm. yeah and i think that you know both of your content does that it kind of gives people permission to to be themselves you know where it's you know that raw kind of talking about your past Shay or jack for you know the, the fun side of things a bit of edginess that's kind of going against that corporate stuff that's kind of been put out there it just people engage with it and love it because it's like yeah you're giving me permission. You're, you're like me. I'm like you. I feel like I can be like this in this piece of content. Therefore I want to, I want to buy into you. I want to mm-hmm. invest with you. I want to yeah. buy from you. Acceptance and empathy, you know, even for people who you might feel like they don't have any problems. Like I know it was Ivanka Trump said one time, this was many years ago. Um, but obviously, you know, like she grew up rich, Donald Trump hotels, live in the life. She said that somebody said to her, what is it like to be you? What is it like to have never felt any pain? And, and she was just like, what? It's like, you know, like you, you, I think it's really important to empathize with these people. And um, yeah, I I I just love what you said, Chris. Mm, Great. And I suppose we kind of, we might've covered this actually, but I'd I'd love to find out from both of you, I suppose, from your, your life and career to date, really talking about, you know, moving forwards and evolving. What, what's the biggest thing you think you've learned about yourself up until this point? So Shay, what's, Oh my gosh. No, like, like I cannot even tell you, Chris, like, LinkedIn saved my life. It really did. It saved my life. It showed me who I am. 
It showed me my addiction to attention, how unhealthy I was, how much I had a need for external validation, how fake I was. That's that's what's funny is like people... I've kind of become the face of this like authenticity and being so raw. It's like, no, I'm fake. You know what I mean? Like I, I get that I'm still more authentic than 90% of people out there. And that's the epidemic we're dealing with right now. But there's still a lot of uh, wearing a mask. And even since this coronavirus, I've been going through like another level of like ego death. Where I'm starting to really look at my videos like, like it's weird it's like who is this woman like who you know what i mean like really really facing your true self getting in touch with my uh repressed childhood memories dealing with the shame how how shameful i felt as a child and how i built up this false self this entertaining personality so that everyone could like me so that i could avoid how i really felt about myself which was you know uh like guilty and shameful um so for me i would say the biggest thing that i learned about myself was that i was wounded <laughs> just straight up like i i was a wounded individual living just like many americans collecting my paycheck building a business like oh i got food on the table i got a boyfriend i got all the things that i need to thrive like i'm good but i was not addressing the underlying insecurities and they were bubbling up and and manifesting in my life in other toxic ways um so i would say Thank you, LinkedIn. Thank you for being a mirror to me. Thank you to all of my haters and people in the comments who, uh, and don't get me wrong, like I learn a lot from my supporters, but I actually learn more from my haters, the people that comment telling me like, you sound really bitter, Shay. You know, you sound like you're just angry at your parents and want to blame people. Like those are the comments I learn the most from. And sometimes they're actually right. You know, sometimes they force me to look at myself. It's not easy. You know, we want to see healing as like a straight line. It's not glamorous. It's not fun to face yourself and the things that you've done that you're ashamed of that make you feel like a piece of shit about yourself. Like you have to face them eventually. And that is what this platform has showed me. It has shown me the parts of myself that I did not like and that I was denying so that I could finally heal from them and um, become a better leader for this planet. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that listening. So Obviously, everyone's different, but if there was just one thing you'd advise someone to do then who's listened to that and gone, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment, where would you, where would you suggest they start or, or reach out to or, or do? And, and where are they at in the, in the moment exactly? Realizing that they kind of like, you know, not being their true self, they're kind mm. of sort of putting on a bit of a, a fake persona and they just feel like, you know, I can't really move forwards because I've still got stuff that I yeah. don't really understand. Yeah. You have to feel safe talking about it. (laughs) And I understand that's not on a social media platform public for everyone to share like I did it. But you have to find someone or some community where you're safe talking about it. Because this goes back to shame, right, Chris? As soon as... like, This is why people who are really narcissistic seldom heal. Because if they can actually get to the point where they admit they're manipulative, like, oh my gosh... I realize I have some dark tendencies and like, I actually like seeing people in pain. What do I do? We shame them. We shame them back into a cave where they go abuse even more people because we don't create a safe space for them to work through that. So for anyone listening who's starting to get in, uh, in touch with that dark part of you that you want to heal and, and uh, dismantle, you know, uh, think of a relationship in your life that you feel is going to accept that part of you so that you can work through it. And if you currently don't have anyone in your life that you don't trust is going to not shame you for admitting your flaws and your shortcomings, 
hire a life coach because that's what you pay therapists for. You know, that's what the monetary exchange is. It's, you know, you're not going to judge me. You're a trained professional who's going to accept me, even the shameful things, even the dark things so that I can work through it. Um, but number one is relationships, Chris. I mean, people really underestimate the power of the, the, the circle that you keep around you and the company that you keep so close. If people are, you know, shaming you for wanting to grow, which is what admitting, you know, these dark parts of you, these shameful parts of you, that's what that is. That's, hey, I want to grow. I want to work through this. Um, you're not going to get anywhere being around people who are going to shame you for it. So uh, find spiritual friends, other people who've done work on themselves, other people who've gone through it, or hire a life coach because, you know, that's what they're paid to do is help, help you get through those wounds. And they're not going to, you know, judge you or shame you for having very real human experiences, which that's part of being human is struggling with the darkness and playing with that duality. I think we just need to start owning that in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, social gets a lot of a bad rap, but one of the great things is that if people are feeling that they might not have a, an instant community around them, but they can find somewhere online that wasn't available 10, 15 years ago and, and find like-minded people to actually engage with. Oh my so, gosh. I'm so glad you said that. Like, I really feel like that's why we're finally healing is because of the internet. My, my yeah. parents, my parents had all the same wounds as me. Why didn't they ever heal or address it? It's because they couldn't find other people online and on the internet to like start to feel safe and expose it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And what about yourself, Jack? What's, what's, uh, what's the biggest thing you think you've learned about yourself so far? Oh Jesus! Um, Jesus? Uh, he he found Jesus. I found Jesus. No, I don't know. Um, did I make good content? I, I, I really don't know. Um, I feel like I haven't. I feel like I haven't had enough life experience to really test everything yet. Uh, there's still loads of things that I want to I want to do. You know, the goal for me is to build this business up to the point that I can sell it and move on with something else. I'm mm. passionate about this. and I absolutely love it, but I. I Life is too short to do one thing for, for that. You know, I'd love to do it like a, clo a clothing brand. I'd love to do some sort of like travel company. You know, I, I, I want to invent an app. I want to do some software. I want to develop something. Um, you know, and, and the end goal is that I, I would actually love to own like a massive ranch or a massive farm that is just animal waste like just me to, too yeah, I'd, i would love that yes. to adventure there you go <laughs> bringing people together oh, no, it's, no. Well, it's returning to the land like i said humans remembering what it's mm -hmm. like to be human i i love that you said that yeah I, I would love to own a farm i don't know i would just 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 like dogs and yeah cows and, and whatnot but yeah i honestly mate i haven't got a, i haven't got a fucking clue i don't know <laughs> Well, I'll give you my perspective from, from the conversations okay, we've had. Yeah. Why, what yeah. I've learned most about you, I suppose, is that I think what you've been able to find is is a passion and a vehicle to and a purpose for that. I think mm -hmm. people get confused between the two, but mm -hmm. I think you know, talking about that there, you've got a clear kind of purpose as to what you're doing, and, and you've got a passion of what you love, and now you found the vehicle to kind of to go in it. Really, True. that's you, which, which a lot of people don't even find throughout their whole life. Like some people yeah. don't even find that until they're like. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard of Bonnie Ware, but the regrets of the dying. Um, mm. She went and spoke to all these people on their deathbeds. And, you know, the biggest regret they had was not doing like not doing things that they felt like would make them feel mm. alive, like mm. would give them that kind of enjoyment. And, you know, to be able to find that is, is something I sort of remind myself of sometimes, you know, I take for granted and sort of have to ground myself. Do you know, what? I'm, you know, this is why I'm content. This is why I'm optimistic. This is why I view the world this way is because I found something and it's kind of mm -hmm. like 
Some what's, people don't. What's, what's your goal, Chris? Like end goal for you? What What do you want to do? I think my, I think one of my missions is I think I just want to bring a greater awareness to people in this world to have an understanding that you are in more control of your own success and your own life. I think it's kind of like, uh, as Shay's been talking about, this kind of like repression on, you You know, you can only amount to so much, you can only think this way, whereas actually just getting people to realise, you know, you're capable of a lot more and it might not be what society wants you to have or thinks you should have, but it's it's enough for what you want. So it's just kind of, an, you know, it's through the power of sales because I've been in sales my whole life mm. that but for me like i used to suffer a lot of anxiety um mm. you know and i i went through coaching and i still have anxiety this day but i've learned to let it serve me but what i want to do now is to help people kind of flip that switch and get people aligned a lot more to their emotions really so that's kind of like my purpose and my vehicle at the moment is the coaching and the training business and the podcast of course the reason why i started mm. a podcast was you know i want to help people that i might not even meet Mm-hmm. You know, I listen. I look at my subscriptions, and I've got people listening in South America, Mad. like China, all over the world. I've never met. I get a couple of messages every now and then, but it's great because, as, as you two talked about earlier, it's about putting content out there that you might not necessarily get anything back from, but you know you're doing it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. good value for the people watching it. Yeah, I totally agree. So, in that. like thirty years' time, you can be a life coach, and Shay and I can own a farm. That would be good. Yes. <laughs> We're just dogs uh, and cows on, which is a weird combination. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> a, a farm, a self-sustaining compound. Yeah. Like I just had this realization lately. Like I got to get out in nature. It's so funny. I've always been like a city girl, like so urban, like, ew, I don't want to go camping. I don't want to like poop in the woods. You know, I don't want to do any of that. And now it's like, I'm realizing like, no, this is what me personally on a micro level, I'm realizing like I really need to be happy is more time in nature. But I'm seeing on a macro level, just with how dependent we've become on like uh, the healthcare system and this and that, like healing is free, you guys. Like the land is free. You know, like I cured my asthma because of breathing exercises. That was free. No pulmonary clinic or pharmaceutical company that manufactures inhalers can profit off of what's free. And I think that's all connected to returning to the land. I love that. And actually real quick, I want to say something else, Chris, about what you said about, um, uh, what was it? You said, um, people with what, what the dying quote the, the quote of the woman the, the regrets of the Funny dying way, yeah yeah how they say like oh i just wish i would have done what really made me happy that comes back to relationships it really does i had a friend point this out when i was i was dating this super toxic guy who like just was it was bad and like he took me away from music which was like what i loved to do like i was so passionate about music still am you know i'm getting back into it now i'm i'm finding myself again cuz i really i lost myself in that relationship but i remember my friend pointing out to me like shay if you love doing something people who love you should want you to do that and it was like i was so wounded i was so you know easy to manipulate back then i wasn't seeing it i'm like no but it's it's not a pragmatic decision to do music i'm going to go into business and i am glad i did that but i see how damaging that was it's like look at the relationships around you if you want to be a singer if you want to make videos if you want to be a dog walker like whatever you're passionate about if the circle around you is shaming you for that or telling you like no you shouldn't you should become a doctor you should go to school for this and for a lot of people this is their parents actually who love them but it's it's not actually love. It's conditional. It's, it's, it's why you end up on your deathbed. Like, Oh, I wish 
I would have just lived for me and not for other people. So pay really close attention to the people you surround yourself with. Find people who support you and your goals. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you really do have to start over. When I became a musician, I just started over. I found all new friends who only knew me as a musician. I'd introduce myself as I'm trying to make music and make something of myself in the entertainment industry. Great. I accept you. It was not my friends who knew me as this Shay that accepted that change. They were kind of like judgy of it. Like kind of like, what do you mean you want to do music? It's like, uh-uh, just find people who support it and go hard uh, in that direction. Yeah. And you'll often find the people that are holding you back is the ones that have fear for, for themselves to move forwards and they're not ready to do it. So therefore they want to keep you at the station as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Shay and Jack, thank you so much today. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you both. I've, I've loved it. The time has flown. It's gone yeah, it did. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, <laughs> it's 15 20 past meetings. the hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we head off, though, um, where if people are like, listening to this and, and aren't already connected or seeing your content, where's the best place to find you? So, Jack, where, where's the best place for people to hit you up? Yeah, LinkedIn. Just uh, just search Jack Gaysford. I'm sure you probably have seen the content before. Maybe if you're in the UK. Um, if not, just check me out. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the place. Great. And Shay. Yes, find me on LinkedIn. It's so funny. It's how I end every podcast. Follow me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com/slash/in/slash/SheyRobottom. Wow, and you even got to the point where it's like detailed, uh, nice. I do. Nice. I have this whole I have this whole pitch lined up. If you want to learn more about my business and what I do to help businesses on LinkedIn, you can go to my website, shayrobottom.com as well. And there's a form there uh, to fill out to set up a call. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Anything yes. to add there, Jack? Yes. No, just just follow me. Follow, follow, follow Jack Gaysford for very inspiring, fun, informative content. There you go. He's, he's my not inspiration. How, not how to... I'm your inspiration. Oh, yeah, definitely. Really? I yeah, would, yeah. <laughs> he was he was my number one, Chris, when I did the top five underrated creators. Video. I was. Yes, he was my number one pick because I was like, oh my God, there's so... Well, there's little competition on LinkedIn, not to discredit you, but there is little competition. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would say for anyone listening who's on LinkedIn or just on social media in general, like you will very seldom find a creator who's consistently putting out such high value. Production is high value, but more importantly, the context of the message mm -hmm. and the value that he's teaching and giving um, is just unlike majority oh, of cre that. creators on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I love that. It. Nice yeah. plug for me at the end. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Right, you you can nice. cut, cut this clip off out of yeah. the video. This will be that's, your testimony. That's what the Jack will take. Jack will be the rest of it. And just be like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. be this plug. Shay Robot yeah. and Chris said this about right. me. Yeah. And just, uh, just your mouth yeah. moving like a little visual. Just like this. <laughs> it <laughs> nice. works. Love it works. Yeah. Yes. But, um, but yeah, Thanks. thank you both. And, and a shout out to Richard Moore as well, who suggested getting you two together. So there you go. This is fun. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome. You're welcome. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey, people. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to find out more and connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn under Chris Hatfield, H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D, or on my website, www.notanothersalesguy.com. That's www.notanothersalesguy.com. Stay tuned in future for some courses and free content on there as well. But for now, have a good one and I'll catch you soon.